0: Welcome to Therapy is Dope with Alicia and Julie. Let's make self-help fun again. No, seriously, laughter is the best medicine.
1: Come and join us as we introduce new ways of thinking and being. And hopefully get you laughing along the way.
0: Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back, listeners. What a beautiful day with a beautiful guest. Yay. I thought about this guest for a while because I am inspired by the way he lives his life. He's my best business mentor, and he runs a crazy successful company, but he only works half a day. I was like, how do you do this? And he's all about work-life balance and having two days in one. So I really want to introduce, so proud to introduce my guest, Serrano, to the podcast today. Welcome. Thank you very much. I'm so happy to be with you guys.
1: We, tell us what
0: the secret is.
1: Yes. How do you have work-life balance? I was telling Julie. I feel like it's damn near impossible until you retire. So, are you retired? Is that the secret? <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm um, So, just a little bit of context. So, I'm I'm am the son of a father that's a workaholic, and he, you know he used to work seven days a week, and in his life, did not have a balance. He lost. Family lost business, lost everything, and um, and today he's a very lonely person. And, and and really, what what I think happened there is when you overwork, um, you really lose your connection to the world, to people, to the value of things. So, just as a simple example, you know, we we all know what things cost because we want them so you want a new pair of pants you know what it costs so you go out and shop for them you want a new car you know what it costs because you you're shopping for them you look for them right so you're connected somehow to the real world when you're a workaholic and you don't have other interests you end up just working for the sake of working and you think that if you work more you're more successful but in essence you are just losing yourself and and so with that in the background um my first my first 15 years of, of work life were also, you know, workaholic. I would work, you know, 12, 14-hour days, and I would go crazy about it, and I'm sure I had to be a successful person. So that was my north, and nobody's going to stop me. And, you know, I did very well. But there came a moment where I started saying, well, hold on a sec. I've already seen this pattern. I don't want this. I don't want to become sixty one day and say I've never seen, saw my kids grow up, really. Um, and I completely changed my life and I took a break. I, um, we were in Chile at the time, um, you know, in a successful business and decided to pack our bags. I left the business, which I was a partner in. I sold it and packed two containers and just left for two years sabbatical. I wanted to spend two years with my family seeing my kids grow up and actually spend quality time with them so that I could never say that I was too old and I never saw them grow up.
1: Wow, that is so beautiful.
2: It was really, yeah, I mean, I've always been someone who, if I'm gonna decide on something, I'm gonna act on it. I just, I don't linger on my decisions, right? Um, and I think that really is, the, you were asking about what is the secret? The Secret is not, don't linger on your decisions if you want something just do it. Right? It is, is that like
1: you. the 5 second rule? Yeah. Have you guys heard it's- about that?
0: No, tell us what is that.
1: That's some woman I actually don't even know who it is because you know I'm really good at these things. But I some Mel woman Robin. Mel Robin. Oh, is that who it is? There yeah, you go. See know. you already know. Don't mess with me, Julie.
0: But <laughs> But hers is different I'm interpreting it different. I thought her five second rule was count to five and then make your decision versus his is saying, Don't dwell on it, make it immediately.
2: Oh, oh wait, don't even
1: give it reason? five seconds?
2: I, I, <laughs> no, I'm not saying don't give it five seconds. What I'm saying is <laughs> um we spend our lives saying, Oh, I would like to do this, I would like to do that or oh, I could have done this or you know, I someday, you know, I, I wanna become this. But something never comes because you're always pushing it back to the future. So, the way I live my life is: I want something, I get it. I want something, I go after it. Uh, I make it happen, and you know, most of the time it works out because it's all about willpower. It's all about how bad you want things. In this case, I decided not to live the same type of life, and so essentially um, decided to. pack all our things and completely change. Uh, I've changed countries. we moved to the U.S. with my family and everybody, and I decided to live my life watching my kids grow up. So it was was a matter of wanting it. Um, A lot of people talk about moving. A lot of people talk about, you know, wanting to do things. And the only difference between what I did and what a lot of people, you know, don't do is basically just do it. And, and I think that's that's really is the key in most in most cases. I'm not talking about doing silly things and just going ahead to, um, you know, and doing whatever you think. But but in, in essence, it's just, if this is something you've always wanted to do or something, it really means something to you, then just go ahead and do it because life is too short. And um, and so I spent um, a good amount of years, you know, coaching my kids' team, uh, softball teams, and then watching them you know helping them grow up and, and just you know being a much better parent of course I had my businesses and oh, I, had, I had work and jobs and things like that that kept us going but uh but it's just a matter of changing my, my priorities and my priorities was my family at, at, you know as it always has been wow Um. and to, and today I guess the biggest um biggest thing that drives me really is understanding that you know of course we all say life is too short and we want balance in our lives but what does that really mean in in practical terms and to me at least in practical terms it means okay set a limit and and my limit is one or two p.m in the afternoon i i want to be able to work and then i want to be able to leave work and have a full day or half a day at least to whatever else life is about
1: my big Um, question is normally what time do you start work
2: (laughs) well you know um, i i I used to start at 6 a.m now i'm at 7 you know shortening it up a little bit but but you know from 7 to 1 or 7 to 2 it's a good 6 or 7 hours and if you if you learn how to really um you know cut the, the nonsense and and a lot of the unnecessary babble and and things that we that we tend to do you can really be productive
0: yeah yes. well I, I do have to say i think it has to be maybe industry specific i do have to say uh, for me i it helps me think about it in this way right i say i i pretend that i have a cuz after watching him going he runs such a huge company in 6 hours what am i doing you know and i used to work 13 hours Uh, before he really guided me into into working less and just working more efficiently because I notated uh, mentally and started noting to myself what am I doing these 12 13 hours most of the time I'm just you know standing around delaying things not making decisions, waiting not the five second rule it was like this you know 15 minute rule like I was like I don't if we should order more bags let me get back to you versus let's order more bags let's do it you know I me mean? and make the decision quickly versus in other industries like alicia's she can't shorten it she can't say she can't be with a she's a therapist so it's, it's in one hour session so she can't be like today we're doing 45 minutes because i think we could do it faster than we did it last week you know like
1: like she has to do those, right <laughs> you stay focused get to the point
2: <laughs> of course you work by the hour and, and we have the more hours you work the more the more you make but but i mean you can you can set your limit too you could say you know i only work until 3 p.m. and after that i'm going to do everything that i'd like to do the rest of the day while there's still sunlight the yeah. most important thing is that work cannot rob the sunlight from you okay cuz that's really when your energy when all your good vibes happen so you don't want work to rob you of your energy you don't want work to take away any of that motivation you have for the rest of the day and you gotta cut it. So it's is it easy? No. Um, do you have to organize yourself differently? Absolutely. Does it? Does it? Could it have a financial impact? Maybe. Right. Um, or maybe you can find ways to to complement that with you know more passive you know income. Um, but ultimately, the point is you know in life, um, life is short, right? We always say that, but we just really don't give the value that that really means. So. Um, live it as if you're gonna die tomorrow in in a, in a very you know um positive way and work set your limit and then go do things you know i i obviously at lunchtime or at, after one or two p.m i play i play tennis personally Ooh, so i, I do that tennis. yeah I, I that that you know really de-stresses me and, and takes away that. plus it's very you know it's healthy and so forth um and then after that you know go enjoy the day like I, I do walks an hour and a half walks. I, I enjoy, you know, the ocean or the, or the leaves or the sun or whatever, while you're walking, you're thinking you're making your calls, um, you know, your, your me time. Uh, and then do other things. Just we, we, you know, we do museums, we, whatever, whatever, you know, it works for you. doesn't matter. But that day, that half day is yours. It's not your employers. It's not your work. It's yours. And, and, What happens is when you, like I was explaining earlier, like if you want a pair of pants, you know what they're worth because you go out and you shop for them and then you work and you get them. So essentially what you're doing is you know what things are worth, right? And you know how many hours of work they cost to you. So in this case, instead of of something material you're buying, you're basically buying time. So the afternoon is your precious time. What is that worth to you? So when you show up to work in the morning, you need to understand that every hour extra that you spend at work is expensive time. It's time you're taking away from your precious moments. So, you know, know the price of that. And if you and if you really value that, then just be very efficient, you know, get everything to work within the time frame that, that you want to set yourself, and then just go. And trust me, uh, most of the time, the things that you think are going to be a problem because you leave the office. They're still there in the morning and it doesn't change. It doesn't change. You know, it's not worse. Many times it's even better because you just needed time to solve them. Right. So just trust yourself on this. And, and I really think you'll be a happier person. At least I know I am.
1: I mean, it sounds amazing for sure. Yeah. In, In the beginning,
0: when I started doing that, I only do that maybe twice a week now. Like half days, maybe three times a week. Um and in the beginning it was very frustrating. Cause I was like, I can't, there's no way. I there's just no way I can't, I can't. How do I reduce my day in half and get it all done? So I, I actually was more frustrated. <laughs> so the transition is not so easy, just letting you listeners listen know. Mm-hmm. So in the beginning I was like, no, fuck this. You know, this is so hard. And I and I feel more frustrated. And then when I'm doing my me time, the whole time I'm thinking, I shouldn't be there. I feel so guilty for being there. I feel like I abandoned my team. I feel like no one's going to respect me. I feel like I'm a bad role model and a bad leader. Um, but when I started doing that a lot more often, I realized that they actually appreciate my time more and they actually came to me for important things immediately. So there was less procrastinate procrastination on their end and less on my end because I was there all day. So they could have taken advantage of oh, Julie's gonna be there. She'll she'll decide later. Oh, I'll tell her before I leave. Or i tell you am like, oh, Julie's here. We don't know if she's gonna stay. Let's tell her now. So then the solution actually get, ends up being solved way earlier in the day than later on.
2: Wow. That's the, uh, the point of delegating, right? As well. So when you're when you're working, um, you know, everybody talks about teams and stuff like that, but are you really a team when you're micromanaging everybody? Right. So so, you know, again, uh, why by restricting your time and your hours, you learn how to prioritize what you do and you learn how to delegate because of that, because you're forced to delegate. Otherwise, you can't get things done. So you're putting pressure and under pressure, we work well and that's what ends up happening. So give the value of your me time, your afternoon time, give it the price that it really deserves. And, and that price comes in work hours. And that's how you have to be very efficient at work. So working doesn't mean just showing up in the morning and then leaving in the afternoon. It means I'm working as best and as efficiently as I can because I want to have my me time in the afternoon, right? That's a different way of looking at it, in my view.
1: Yeah, that the pressure that you were talking about makes a lot of sense to me. And uh It reminds me of one of my clients was telling me that if you want to be a successful entrepreneur, you should move to another country because if you're in another country, you have no choice but to figure it all out. Whereas here it's like, eh, I don't know, maybe. And so people don't get stuff done as much as they would perhaps somewhere that's a foreign area to them.
0: Yeah, because you have to. Literally, you have to do that to survive. That's really, that's a good point.
2: That makes sense. You know, you're starting from scratch, so you have to figure everything out.
1: Yeah. So that pressure uh, point that you made, I think, makes a lot of sense. And also <clears throat> the point you made, Julie, about people bringing you the more important things when they do see you. That makes a lot of sense, too. Um, so I'm seeing what you guys are saying. And, and one thing that I've definitely learned is that nothing moves on my timeline anyway. So if I want something to get done immediately actually a client told me a story today she said she stayed up to one o'clock in the morning doing something for her boss because she wanted it to get done asap and she said her boss didn't even look at her email for like three days yeah that that happens
0: happens all the time sometimes i'm rushing to do something and then that person goes oh i don't have time to do or or yeah it just doesn't get to it for a day it's like why did i stress myself out for that you know so it's like now it's like oh you know what forget it. it's just that's how everything's going to be but
2: alicia it's also about um if you if you give the proper value to that me time to that afternoon time then that means you really learn how to prioritize better during work so it, when you don't have that pressure and you want to and you're willing to stay all day at work you really don't have you know the need to prioritize you're just there you things will happen, they come to you, they leave you. They, you know, you, you make decisions, you don't, you, you, you know, you do those reports if you have to. But un, until you really don't, like we said, put that pressure and, and put the value of that me time, then there is no prioritization, right? It just comes, it just happens. So, so just, just everybody, just think about this, right? Think about what is it really you want. And, um, and the only difference between getting what you really want. And, you know, and, and getting it is just doing it.
1: I did say that to a client today. She said, I don't think I'm ready for this promotion. And I was like, well, first of all, I don't think people would be offering it to you if they didn't think you were ready. And second of all, it doesn't matter if you feel like you're ready, just do it and you'll figure it out.
2: Yeah. Exactly.
1: There was a really good quote. I think from Mindy,
0: I don't know her last name. It's that, um, She's an Indian actress. Oh, I love her. Yes. I love her. And she says confidence is like respect. You have to earn it. And it's one of those things. You get the promotion. And sometimes we're not confident enough to be like, maybe I don't deserve. Maybe I don't know. And we do the imposter syndrome. Oh, I don't think I'm good enough. They're going to find out that I suck, blah, 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 at some point. Right. And and I had to struggle with it, too. Like, I was like, I don't want to take half days because I feel bad. I feel guilty. I feel like I'm banding. But those those stories most of the time are just made up in our heads like no one felt like i abandoned them no one felt that and you know if they do it's a issue that they have to deal with right so when i finally was like you know i do deserve these half days then you actually have action behind it when i didn't deserve i think i deserved the half days i had every excuse in the book and i never end up doing it so you just have to be like dude we're all deserving of a happy life
2: and Ooh. we don't have to
0: do anything to earn the happy life. We we were born loved and we we're born to have the right to be happy. You know, like you don't have to do anything to earn that. So just, you know, so now it's like, there, now it. it makes sense. Like, okay, I'm just going to do it.
1: That's funny that you said that because I've been talking to several clients about that. One of them recently said to me, um, why do you think that people deserve happiness? I don't think humans deserve to be happy. Uh, And I said, okay, I can see your perspective on that. But like, all babies are born worthy, right? Like you don't think, oh, this one sucks. Let's throw it out. (laughs) (laughs) And if you believe babies are born worthy, why are not you worthy? (laughs) Unless yeah. you can tell me something horrible that you've done, to not be worthy, most people can't. I mean, most people's mistakes are minimal in in the grand scheme of things. And going back to Brene
0: Brown, and I love this quote from her: "She's like you, you made a mistake. You're not the mistake. You know, and and people make mistakes, and I've made terrible mistakes. I have not made consistently made the moral." decision all the time <laughs> and I had to get over my guilt my just me beating myself up and be like I am not the mistake I made a mistake and when I decided that to be true to ring true in my life it you know it goes back to that whole Mindy quote right it, it your confidence gets earned like it's those little mini steps to get to a point where you you feel like you really deserve it and maybe I think um Serrano I think you always felt like you deserved it maybe. I don't know if you struggle with self-esteem.
2: Oh, I've always struggled with self-esteem and that as we grow older we we learn how to deal with it and, and learn how to um to accept it. But but you know it, I think it's uh, lack of self-esteem is 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 part of life. Um some of it have you know in more severe degrees some of them it's just lightly but you know it's it's like frustration. You know it need to learn how to deal with it. Um but in this concept of of making mistakes um, I think one of the things that helps me make quicker decisions is knowing that or accepting that I will make mistakes. And But the, the key is out of 10 decisions that I make, I probably will make two or three mistakes. I won't make five. I won't make eight. I'll probably make two or three. So as long as I'm content and happy and accept that the majority of my decisions will be better, I will constantly be making decisions and it will make them quicker and faster because – it's worse not to make them cuz then you're stagnant you're just not moving you're not going anywhere so why not just make all the decisions you need to make not be afraid to make the mistake and if you do just know that it's going to be 10 20% maybe 30 at the most and that's I how love that's-
1: that that is so good that's gold we got to remember that quote julie <laughs> we can accept a 25% margin of error should we say <laughs> Yeah, sounds so bad.
2: It's life, right? Life is not perfect. So, so what? You made a mistake. But the worst mistake you can make is not move, is be stagnant, stay there, immobile, because you're afraid to make one mistake.
0: Because not making a mistake is making a is making a decision. That's still, you're still deciding because the people are like, if you wait and you go, okay, I, I don't want to make a mistake by not, make, yeah, my, by not making a decision. Yeah, by not making. Uh, By not having any progress or not making a decision, it is making a decision. You've decided not to do anything. Right. You just confused the heck
1: out of me. (laughs) All right, let me clear that, let me clear that. Were you saying that it's a mistake not to make a decision? I am I don't know. My bad, my bad, my bad. I know, I know. I think I used the wrong words. (laughs) Let me just go. Um
0: not not doing anything not making a decision is a decision, right? Oh, and he said yeah. that the biggest mistake you can make is not doing anything. Yeah. So you've decided to make a mistake
1: by not doing anything. I now I have a question and and this goes to you saying, um, the only thing that that's holding you back is not making these moves and not taking these risks and not making these decisions. How do you get around the thoughts and the fears that people have? Like, oh, I can't because of this, or I can't because of that, or it's too risky, or it's too dangerous. Like, I think that those kinds of thoughts are what keep people stuck in the same thing that they're doing.
2: Well, here's how, here's what happens to me, at least I'm an overthinker, right? So I tend to think. Uh, the infinite amount of options and solutions and alternatives that any problem will have, okay? And I end up coming to the conclusion that, you know what, anything can happen. So I might as well just move forward because if I stick around and try and, and plan for the best you know, option that's gonna come out there, I'm probably gonna find out that I, I, I decide for A and incentive up being B or C anyway. So let's just move, let's just go, let's get going. As you move, you'll find out that the problem in most cases is different than how you thought it was. And it wasn't as bad, or it was different, or the solution, you know, was a completely different one. So staying stagnant because of your fears, because of how many options could happen, or because you don't like the outcome of certain, you know, options, it just freezes you. And and now you have a worse problem, right? So you're stuck. You're, you're not, you're not a better person. You're not, you know, you're, you're, you're you don't have freedom. You don't have your own time. You don't, are not enjoying things. You're not enjoying people. You're not valuing what their worth is. You're not valuing what your own worth is. You're stuck. You're stuck because you're fearful of all these millions of options that could happen to you in life. And that I just, I just realized that because I'm an overthinker. So I, I get tired of thinking of so many options and saying, well, which one is it? <laughs> At the end is it you know what? It doesn't matter. There's so many options out there. I might as well just pick one and go for it.
1: I love and that also with way the, of thinking. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. I, totally
0: I was just thinking about, you know, how we can we throw around right or wrong or a mistake or whatnot. Sometimes these decisions aren't like that mistake has opened a door for something else. So let's say this mistake of, Oh, I got to this meeting late, but what if in the meeting, you met somebody in the waiting room where you're you know you, you got connected for something for you know expanding your network somehow like let's say in the meeting room you were late and then you randomly saw a contractor and you went oh okay and then you guys exchanged numbers and then you needed you needed you know i don't know like work done at your house i don't like like there's, there's always something that happens and not everything every mistake is 100 percent a mistake you know there could be benefits coming out of every mistake or everything that have, every action.
2: For sure, for sure. There's, there's always something good that can happen, you know, out of out of something bad. Um, um, but again, it's about it's about you taking the reins of your life, right? If you're gonna let all the millions of alternatives, right, the bad outcome, the possible bad out bad outcomes, take control of your life, and you freeze because of that, then you've lost. You 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 know you you're not living your life. You're letting life live live for you. And and so I I've decided I don't want that. You know, I I I want to take charge. I will make my mistakes along the way. I I am sure I'm gonna make less mistakes than positives. I'm not gonna like the ones, the mistakes I make. I'll figure out a way of fixing them. And but I always know that I will be constantly moving. And so the day that I die, I will at least say I did everything I could to live. My life and I didn't let life live it for me.
1: That is so beautiful. Um, what you were saying about uh, both of you were saying something that I think is really important. Um, the first thing was that there's a solution to every problem, and you said, if I make a mistake, I'll figure it out. And I think that that's so true, and I think. The problem for people a lot of times is that we can't think of the solution. And if we can't think of the solution, then it's just a whole failure and it's just awful and terrible. And then people are like frozen, like you said, and they don't want to move forward with anything. Um, But the solution's out there. We just have to find it. And then, Julie, you said that... um, when you make a mistake something good can come out of that and i i absolutely believe that i mean i've seen people go through all kinds of tragedies and mistakes and beauty can come out of freaking anything so and and it's not ever in a way that you expect you can't predict how it's going to work out for you in the end but um and it can be very difficult when you're going through the mistake however in the end These things do seem to work out. It's it's interesting. It we it strangely always works out, and it's
0: really that Gabriella something she always talks about. The universe has my back, and it's like somehow and and um. Serrano's pretty religious, so he always says, you know, God has a plan for you, and you may not understand that, but it will work out. He's watching out for you, you know, and same thing as what Gabby said. The universe has your back. And if you truly just believe that someone has your back, you're kind of like, who cares if I make this mistake? Fuck it. Let's just, let's just do it and see how it goes. Because I really also believe that in one problem, there's many solutions. So let's say you have a cut on your hand. That's a problem. So the solution could be, oh, I'm going to douse it in alcohol and tape it up. And then another one could be like, I'm going to super glue it tight. And the other one is I'm going to dip it in you know, vanilla pudding and whatever you know so all of these i'm not saying all the solutions are as strong as others right but are <laughs> better than the others but there are a million solutions to every problem so if you're saying there's i have no solution that's completely wrong you have to get out of the mindset of there's one solution to one problem there's always a million solutions to every problem
2: and, and I, to add a little bit to the um you know i'm sure all of us have had the 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 situation where you you have a problem at night, and you can't figure it out, you can't figure it out. And then all of a sudden you fall asleep, and next morning you wake up and say, "Oh, I found the solution. It's very simple, right? It was right there under your nose, right? and And I guess the reason that happens is because when you stress, when you when you have you know too much either work or or the problem becomes too heavy for you, you cease to see the solution. And so that's where the two days in one comes in. So when you have created a system where you can de-stress and diversify your day and do other things so that your mind is clean and unpressured in the morning when you show up to work, problem solving becomes so much easier and you become much more efficient. So it's a self-feeding model where the more balanced you are, the more efficient you become, the more time you have for yourself. So you have to start somewhere, but that's really what happens. You become much better at, at finding the solutions or at least accepting that you may not have a solution, but it's the problem is not as big as you think it is.
1: That is the best. I love this kind of stuff. Um, <laughs> I think that for me, one of the most difficult types of clients to work with uh, is the kind of person that is help resistant. So I, not that I have all the solutions and I can talk about that later, but uh, if I present a solution, this kind of client will say, oh, that's not gonna work. Oh, that's not gonna work. Oh, that's not gonna work. And it's so frustrating because then it starts to look like, oh, okay, you just don't wanna get better. Right. And I think that is true for a lot of people. They're comfortable in their discomfort. And if they were to have a more balanced life, it would feel wrong to them. At least initially, like you were saying, Julie, like that transition period is like, oh, this doesn't feel right. I don't think I'm doing something right. Yeah.
2: Well, I guess you need to ask those customers of what are they're there. Why are, there, are they there in the first place? Are they there to find a solution? Or are they just there simply to, you know, to gloat on their problem and, and, you know, a lot of people are stuck. And so, um, and they want other people to find the solution for them and not put in the work. I mean, I suppose that if the problems become so big for you that the stress, you know, takes away your capability to find the solution. I think that's true. Um, so perhaps you need to find a way to de-stress first before you actually face the problem. Right. Um, And then only then will they be willing to switch from gloating, you know, or or moaning or whining about the problem to actually have the will to find a solution. Right. But again, it's all about, you know, we call it balance or whatever, but it's all about de-stressing. It's finding the clarity of mind so that the problem doesn't doesn't become a universe. Right. It's just Mm -hmm. simply one little thing that you have to figure it out.
1: Yeah. And I, I know for me, when I can't find the solution to something, I love talking to other people about things because if maybe you'll have a different take on it than I would. So what do you think about this? What do you think I should do? And not that I'm going to necessarily follow any one person's advice, but it just helps get my wheels spinning sometimes.
2: For sure. Other people's opinions, you know, are, are are almost as important. I used to be the type of person that um, would, would kind of want other people to do exactly as I wanted them because I thought that I knew best and better than them. And I said, okay, I've done this a thousand times, so you're gonna do it this, this, and this way. And I used to get really annoyed when people didn't follow my instructions, right? Um, And then I started figuring out, but wait a sec, they still got the job done. And I found myself spending so much time trying to tell people how I wanted them to do the process as opposed to just telling them what I wanted the result to be and, and judging them by that, right. That it just consumed my time and it got me really angry, right. It just got me always very frustrated. And so today I realized that we, we all have different ways of reaching the same goal. And we, 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 you know, some of us are better at one thing, some are better at others, but ultimately a lot of us can reach the same end. So that's not, you know, spend so much time on telling people how to do it, but rather just judge them on getting to the end result. And if they can do it, then fantastic. Then you can spend your time at something else.
1: That is awesome. Yeah, because there's more than one way to skin a cat. That's what my mom used to
0: say. (laughs) I always thought that. Cole was so mean i was like oh my god why it is terrible there's more than one way to peel an apple why can't he say that <laughs> getting
1: a cat poor cat <laughs> why are we doing that oh this is so beautiful i love everything you're saying uh it's definitely giving me things to think about and <clears throat> I think it makes a lot of sense especially about the clarity of mind and it's very it's a very progressive way of thinking. I know that like a lot of the Fortune 500 companies now are being more flexible with their employees and encouraging them to have wellness in their life and de- you know things that help them de-stress because they found that that makes a better employee but i feel like it's taking a long time for those same concepts to trickle down into the rest of society. Yeah. No, it really really is and it's so funny because what i learned
0: especially having those half days is that i get really stressed out and i used to bring that home and just be super distant and uh i'm i got coined the nickname ceo julie because i just i'm thinking about work and i'm so I'm emotionless. I'm distant. Don't talk to me. And my brain is so full, and my energy is so depleted. Like I'm, I'm good. And there was reasons why my mom didn't want our family business to grow or expand because she said you're gonna, you're gonna be so mean to us. Oh, I know. And I realized I was like, Am I? I was like, I'm not mean. I'm not yelling at you or anything. And then I'm realizing more and more. Oh, I just get so distant because I'm, I'm in my head all day. But now that I have these two days in one. And I have that time to distress. I come home and I'm more, I'm, I'm present. I'm actually home. So it's, it's nicer for the, for my loved ones and people that surround me. But also, you know, going back with that, do you remember college essays yes. a long, time, a long time ago, but they used to say, you know, Oh, why don't you put this essay down? You've looked at it so much. Look, look at it with fresh eyes tomorrow. Right. Yes. So it's like, we've looked at this problem. So you've looked at it all morning, all day and you thought about it through, through your decompression, just look at it with fresh eyes tomorrow. I you know, love and that. I, I think that's what you, you kind of, you know, Sarana kind of talked about for a little bit, but, um, but yeah. So I, I, yeah, just to know that the problem's going to be there, you know, tomorrow and it's okay. And you might not be able to do anything today about it anyway.
2: Yeah. And that's true. about the state of mind when you come home after working all day. <clears throat> so if you think about it, um, you know, if you if your loved one is a, is is a stay at home, um, a person, and you come home depleted, right? All you want is eat and sleep. Um, well, your loved one maybe their their day is just starting when you're you're finishing it, right? So how can that not lead to problems? How can that not lead to a division and and issues in, in your in your relationship, right? So so somehow this this two days in one you know, will enable you to have enough energy to spend with your, you know, with your loved one. Um, it's going to help your relationship. It's going to help everything in your life. Not just, not just your personal life, but also your, you know, your, your, your love life.
0: But I think there are platonic relationships too. Like, like Alicia, if you and I were talking and I was in a super busy day and I answered you, what, 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 what? you need anything, what, what, you know, because the other day she fat FaceTiming randomly because her daughter, Liliana, I love her. She was like, what's julie doing like i'm gonna stare her picture for a while and we like let's just call her and i was you know i was like just getting right or i don't know i was out or whatnot but i was able to pick up and be smiley and be there for you guys and had a legitimate conversation versus either not pick up because i was busy or go hey what's up what's up oh sorry i got two minutes what's going on hey 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 lilan what's, what's, what's up great great great, great. bye yeah.
1: you know what i mean it's yeah like talking That was to her a picture. nice cute Goodbye. little conversation she's so cute she lost a tooth
2: did the tooth fairy come
1: did the tooth fairy come oh yeah the tooth fairy came i had to think about it for a second i'm like damn did they yeah they came of course how much did a tooth fairy leave oh Um, her tooth fairy is very cheap very cheap uh she doesn't even know it so it's amazing
2: like you left an iou
1: (laughs) not quite that bad she only gets a dollar a tooth that's pretty good. I remember never having a big tooth cap fairy. Too, Somebody told me the going rate for a tooth now is $5 and I was like, "Oh, oh. we got too many teeth to lose for that." I don't know.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have you talk to my dentist cuz he charges a lot more than $5. For <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <sighs> yeah. Um, so Serrano, you told us what you like to do with your me time. So now I'm just curious, Julie, what do you do with your free your me time? Oh,
0: I love my me time. Okay, so I always journal. I uh, take baths, uh, hot showers. I do fa- like my at-home facial massages or go to an actual facial massages, um, whatever. Uh, even if it's like long walks, I'm starting to enjoy long walks more and more. Um, yeah, I just, it's fantastic. I love it. I just, I love the fact that I just have that time even if I did nothing and let's say I just laid there. Right. And I took a nap or something. Right. I, I, that sounds fantastic. Anyway, it but does, yeah. um, <laughs> knowing you have time, it's like, wow, I have time today. Like I don't have to do anything. I don't, I'm not expected or obligated to be anywhere or do anything. That freedom oh, feels amazing.
1: Yes. Freedom of obligation. That does sound amazing. So- and,
0: and also as a mother, right. For you as a mother, I'm sure there's other mothers or parents out there that are like, I can't, I don't have, I don't have time for me time. Cause as soon as I'm done with work, I'm picking up a kid, I'm doing this, I'm making dinner, I'm blah, blah, blah. And I'm I'm never by myself. I don't have that me time.
1: How do you, what answer would you have for that? That's why Mm. you have to end your day earlier.
2: Exactly. Exactly. You you just got to start somewhere and you know, you become more efficient. When you are clearer minds, and you only become clearer minds when you get your meet time, or your you know your second day in one, so you got to start somewhere. Well,
0: right? you're, you're a CEO of your company, so you are in charge of your own schedule. What if you were on a nine to five schedule with kids, and you had to make dinner? Well, Pizza? Are you alone?
2: Living with somebody else?
0: <laughs> I'm, I guess I'm living with somebody. Pizza. Uh, but
2: well, well I, listen. I mean, me time doesn't necessarily. In my, in my books doesn't necessarily mean that it's um, alone time. It's just, it's just time that's not work, right? It's your second day in one. So, you know, if, if you learn how to cook with your children or, you know, you do, you know, fun activities with them somehow so that, so that it becomes something more than just a, a chore, right, then, then maybe it does become something that's fun. Um, at the same time, if, if you, before you're cooking, if you had two or three hours of playing tennis, or you had your time to do whatever else you wanted to do, then dinner won't be a problem because it's you know, it's, it's it's not the only thing you're doing after work. So the trouble is when when you have so little time after work that the and you spend it only doing chores, then life becomes a burden, right? Love and life becomes just work at the job, work at home, and and so now everything just builds up, the pressure builds up, and small problems become huge problems. So you've got to somehow break this vicious circle. You have to start decompressing. And it just means find a way to limit your work time. Find a way to start, you know, decompressing in the afternoon, doing so many things. Find a way to enjoy life because it's short, because it's beautiful, and, and because it's, it's going to help you just be a better person and a better, you know, professional, too.
1: Or I have a Maybe. question. Go ahead.
0: I was going to say, first suggestion, maybe when, let's say you don't have very much time and your boss said, nope, you have to work five, nine to five. You can't shorten it, whatever. Either you wake up earlier and you spend an hour by yourself in the morning doing something you like. Like, let's say you really enjoy a cup of coffee, make the best fucking coffee you could make. Or when you're driving home to pick up your kid, you could say you, you could play your favorite music, blast it up and take a route that is prettier like let's say it, it passes the ocean little or details. passes little yeah. things like that that you could start enjoying no
2: that's true but also i think and this is something where we probably don't necessarily agree um sleep to me is is a necessity but it's a waste of time so <clears throat>
1: oh, oh, oh um, no okay.
2: okay i know i know i, I know i'm saying no. this that, you know with the risk of losing a lot of your but, <laughs> and me
0: and your host but, but,
2: Here's the point, all right? We need sleep. Of course we need sleep, right? But if, if you were in your deathbed and you said, okay, I give you 24 hours, do you want to sleep? Or do you want to go out and just enjoy and look at life as best as you can, right? Every little detail. Just, just know that time is precious. And you learn how to live with less sleep. You really train your body to live with less sleep. You train to to push back and you learn to use that time that life doesn't give you. You squeeze it out, right? And you start making better decisions. You start doing more things. You start enjoying more things and you, you start giving yourself the flexibility you need it. Right. So you're saying you're a nine to five employee. Okay, figure out a way maybe to squeeze an hour somewhere of sleep and it, you know, and then pull it out and start doing that one thing you wanted to do. Oh, I wanted to, I don't know, I wanted to play a sport or, or I wanted to go walking or, you know, or I wanted to ride my bike, whatever it is that, that does it for you, right? Take it out, pull it out of that because ultimately your body can't take it. And it's just, I just feel that many times, you you know, you, you get home, you sit down on the couch and that's it. And, and now all of a sudden, you know, that laziness sticks over and you find yourself just moving from channel to channel and you say, oh, you know, I, I was going to go out walking or I was going to go do this and then it's it's over. It's done. That laziness took over and now there's nothing you can do about it, right? You're not going to go out. You're just simply going to lay there. So take action. Don't let that laziness, don't let that sleep take over and just do it as quickly as you can. Hmm. My little two cents. I know, I know. People that love sleep will hate me for this, but that, it really gets you doing a lot of things.
1: I mean, from a mental health perspective, I emphasize sleep all the time. Mm-hmm. But I think there's also like quality sleep, and uh, that's a lot of the problem for people is they're not getting quality sleep. So it doesn't matter how much or how little they get. So, uh, but I'm sure when you're de-stressing and you're taking care of yourself better you probably are able to sleep better and get better quality of sleep. So I'm sure there's a lot of factors that play into how that can work. Uh, you know.
2: For sure. Time. For sure. I think if you go to sleep de-stressed, yeah. you're actually, you know, you're resting. Yeah. As as, as opposed to, you know, so going to sleep stressed. And then, you know, those those whatever. If you want to sleep 8 hours, but you might be better off sleeping 5 hours unstressed than eight hours stressed so that's where you need to figure that out right how how to find that time to decompress and a time to feel good about yourself so so sleep is actually you know valuable sleep very productive sleep
1: my um goal at the business that i own was like once a month do something for myself do do some of the services that we have here for myself But I think after this conversation, I might have to do that once a week. Really? Yeah, because why not? I mean, it's right here. It's super convenient. There's no reason I shouldn't be doing it. And all of these services are basically like healthy me time. So I think that I'm going to make that my goal. (laughs) I'll keep you guys posted on how that goes. And you have
0: a bunch of different services, though. You know what I mean? You could do like... Cupping one week, you could do massage the other week. You could do whatever you know. You could do, and let's say you're you don't want to do those services, you could just take a walk.
1: You know, literally, that's true. The beach is right here,
0: right? And and a lot of me time. And people think, oh, I can't afford it. A lot of me time could be free.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, he said a walk, so that's free always. (laughs) Yeah,
2: yeah. I I guess (laughs) the point is always push yourselves to do more things.
1: Yeah, I like that. I really do. This was really cool guys. I know I had so much fun. Yes I really appreciate that perspective because one of the things that I truly believe as a mental health therapist is that really our perspective is our biggest problem and like I was saying some people stay very stuck in a certain way of being and you just gave us a whole other way to think about things and I think that that's so important to be able to expand our thinking to think about things in a different way.
2: Well, it's, it's, it works for me and and I really hope that it works for more people that, you know, find themselves not liking what, you know, what they're doing in life. And, uh, and it just, the, the bottom, the last message is, you know, just take control of your life by not overthinking, just do it.
1: I love it. Okay. Anything else, Julie? No,
0: I think that's it. You squeezed all the energy out of me today. (laughs) <laughs> All right, then we'll just see you next time. All right, Lisa.